Rodgers steps and fires. Adams is there and he's got it. Perfect rainbow from Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams working on the rookie, Melifonwu. Good for 50 yards. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Love, love, love this NFL Week 3 slate that we have, and a lot of points are expected in a few of these matchups. What else is new? Which means fantastic stuff for our player props, DFS lineups, fantasy football, and, of course, bets on sides and totals. A lot of fun. Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, Aaron Hawksworth, welcome back on BetQL Daily, weekdays 9 a.m. to noon on the BetQL network via the Odyssey app, also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL. Let's bring in our friend Jim Sonis at Jim Sonis on Twitter, senior writer and analyst for Number Fire and FanDuel. Uh, Jim, I, ho- I hope you got all your waiver wire stuff out of the way so now we can really uh, hone in on some of these props, DFS. With, with all these fun matchups, man, I'm-, I'm looking at three games already where the total is set in the mid-50s. So the lead, obviously... Uh, the Bucks and the Rams. The favorite has flipped midweek. Uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup and how are you attacking the game? Yeah, I think that I was kind of surprised, honestly, when I saw that the Rams were favored initially, which makes sense. I mean, like their offense has been outstanding so far. But I feel like despite the, the I don't know, I guess the, the questions we saw from the Bucks defense against Atlanta and against Dallas, I still feel like I have a pretty – strong sentiment towards their defense. So to me, it wasn't a huge surprise to see a flip. I don't think there's value in either side of that game right now. I think it's kind of a stay away from me because I expect this to be uh, a pretty fun game where both these teams are pedaled to the metal. And I do think that the under is in play here, I would say. Uh, you know, 55.5 is a really big number, especially for two defenses that have a lot of talent. So I think the under is actually pretty in play here. And if you were, you know, asking me how I want to bet this game and, you know, where my lean is towards any of these, I feel like the under is the the part I'd feel best about right now, 55 and a half. Jim, uh, I saw you had written about it, tweeted about it, probably talked a lot about it the last couple of weeks, but I'm interested in Cooper Cup and the start he's off to this year. I took him yesterday 20 to 1 to lead the NFL in receptions this year, 8 in one game, 9 in the other. What are you noticing there, the usage for Cooper Cup? It feels like him and Matt Stafford, and we might see it a lot in this game, with a banged-up Bucks secondary. It seems like he and Stafford are off to a great start with their communication and the chemistry on the field. Yeah, apparently they're eating, like, breakfast together, so I guess that translates to it. Like, <laughs> if I could eat breakfast with Matthew Stafford and suddenly be, like, the best receiver in football, I'd take it. But in the two games so far, so far Cooper Cup has 38% of the team's overall targets. He is at 33% of the deep targets and then also has uh, 40% in the red zone. And that's the kind of usage that you want if you're looking for a guy – both in the player prop market and for DFS. Because for DFS, I mean, like, you can get, so, like, LaVisca Chanel's a good example. Like, he's getting targets, but they're not worth anything because they're basically behind the line. A scrimmage not a good team, but Cooper Cup is getting juicy targets. He's getting downfield looks, getting red zone looks from a quarterback who's just kind of playing out of his mind for the first two games. So I, I know the salary shot up for Cooper Cup and DFS, but I think, like you were saying, even though I like the under in this game, I do still think it's a great one for stacking for Daily Fantasy. Daily Fantasy. $7,900 Cooper Cup, I think that's a very fair number. And given how often I'll be stacking this game, I do I do think that he is well worth that salary. I would say Robert Woods might be a good spot to get back in on him. Still got some good volume week number two. 
And we know he can be, you know, really impressive. Still has a 24% target share on that offense. So not opposed to buying back in Robert Woods, but Cup, the usage there is just stupid right now. Jim, that Chiefs defense looking pretty leaky so far this season. It's <laughs> unanimous on this show. We like the Chargers getting the points, which is uh, always scary. But, hey, uh, Justin Herbert, a lot of success last season in his two matchups with Kansas City. What do you think about this one? Yeah, I think it's a really fun game. I think that this one might be my favorite for stacking for Daily Fantasy. It's between this one and the, the Seattle-Minnesota game. I think those two games are kind of the standouts above the Rams-Buccaneers game, which could be stupid, but like I think that both those games really attracted to me. My I have like a model that projects out offensive efficiency between the two teams for the game, and those two are actually – it's actually tied for first on the entire slate right now, so those two games – both really attractive for me, and I think that the reason I can feel good about this one is because the Chargers are going to keep pace. I know they didn't score a lot on Sunday, but if you watch that game, like, and I had a lot of Chargers DFS exposure, it was super frustrating because they had all those dumb penalties. Uh, there were some questionable calls in there as well, and it was really frustrating. You don't expect that stuff to carry over. So I expect some positive regression from a scoring perspective for this Chargers offense, and if we're talking, like, daily fantasy stuff, like, Mike Williams – his salary is $6,000 on FanDuel. That's absurd. He now on 69. Austin Eckler, 7000 So you could offset the salaries on Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill by running it back with those Chargers players. And to me, that's going to make it a really tough game to stay away from just because there are so many ways to attack it while still staying under the salary cap. Jim, you mentioned there a little bit the Vikings and the Seahawks game. Maybe a little under the radar this week just because it's going up against Bucks rams That'll have the national attention, and it's not the Chiefs, it's not Mahomes, not that early game. But, man, you're talking about that game could be a track meet down in, in, up in Minnesota. And the, the guy I want to ask you about, because I just it, it's incredible how he has taken to the new offense at Seattle, and it seems like Russell Wilson is finding him. How about Tyler Lockett the first two weeks of the season? We think of DK Metcalf as the big play guy in Seattle, but Lockett's the guy that Russell Wilson keeps targeting on those downfield passes. What, what are your thoughts on Lockett? Do you think this will, will continue? Is this a product of the new offense, or would you kind of go the other way and say maybe there's some value on a guy like Metcalf this week because he hasn't had two big weeks in a row? Well, I think both those are true, actually, which is kind of fun. You know, you can you can appreciate Tyler Lockett and say it's legit while also saying, yeah, DK Metcalf's probably going to go nuts here. Pretty soon, playing indoors probably helps for him a lot. Um, but both these guys actually have identical target shares in the first two games. And Lockett's had more of the deep volume. And But Metcalf still has two deep targets per game so far. And we know what he can do on that volume. So you're giving me DK Metcalf, likely at reduced popularity, in a spot where I think this game is going to be pretty fun. From a scoring perspective, I'll take that. But again, that's not to say, like, Tyler Lockett, is fluky like it's pretty legit what he's doing because he's getting the, again like with cooper cup the kind of uses you want getting high leverage targets and he's converting on those because he's good and his quarterback is good so i think that they're both still really fun options i had kind of entered the year a little bit worried that they might be spreading things out a bit more this year with the seahawks offense i was kind of buzzed with the shane waldron offense outside of being fast is that they might try to incorporate more guys in this offense but like when Lockett and Metcalf are doing what they're doing, why would you do that? So it's kind of been nice to to get confirmation that they're not going to be spreading things out. They're still going to focus on the two really good players in this offense. Uh, without vomiting, let's uh, talk for a minute about Thursday night football, Panthers and Texans. What, what I find interesting here is all of a sudden Carolina becomes a survivor option because their defense looks so good. But that means you're betting on Sam Darnold in prime time, which has been a losing proposition 
But then on the flip side, we have Davis Mills. Uh, well, what are your thoughts on Sam Darnold? Can we can we trust Darnold? Is Brady and Rule are they that good? Are they that much of an upgrade over Gase? And then the downgrade with Houston, what Tyrod was doing in the first game and a half versus what we expect to get from Mills. Yeah, I think it's a big, big downgrade. Like I, I bet the Texans last week, and I felt pretty good about that, and they did cover, but like. It was because of Tarot. It was not because of uh, anything else in this offense. Like, he's just playing really well, and now you take him out of the equation. You get Davis Mills with a not-ideal supporting cast, no Danny Amendola, no Nico Collins for this game either. That's going to be a really rough situation. So I'm expecting this, this Carolina defense to do some pretty impressive work, and I agree with you. They've looked good, but I think it's also sustainably good because they've got some talent on that defense. I Brian Burns, like – he could go nuts this entire year, not just this week as well. So if we're talking about this in terms of survivor picks, I don't think this is the worst spot. I think the situations where Sam Darnold is going to run into issues are against better defensive lines. They have not faced that yet because the Saints do have a decent defensive line, but they had some injuries. Davenport, uh, they lost Sheldon Rankins this offseason, lost uh, Hendrickson as well. So like they've lost some guys, and they were banged up. That was not a test for them. The Jets' defensive line, no Carl Lawson, obviously Quinton Williams is still there, but like – they're not necessarily one you'd fear. Once the Panthers run into better defensive lines who can exploit the really, really weak left side of their offensive line, that's where we're going to see Jameis Darnold come back, where he's doing these really stupid things. Like, that's going to reappear at some point, I think, but I don't think it'll happen on Thursday. So if you're looking for some safety there, I think the spread here is right on. I think eight points is exactly correct. Uh, so I, and that's, Based on my numbers, that's the least competitive game this week. So I would say that yeah. one to me is a pretty solid way to go. Low, low total. Any props that interest you, either team? I think that not from a prop perspective, but like if we're looking at the uh, the like alternate markets for this game, I'm kind of interested in taking the under on the Texans team total. It's not high, um, <laughs> but like I just don't know how they're going to score. It's sixteen and a half. The under is minus 102, but, like, against – again, I, this is this could be, like, reactionary by me, but I think this Carolina defense is going to be really good this year, and I don't know how the Texans are going to move the football. So I feel like under 16.5 on the Texans' team total is, is standing out to me as being one that I do like quite a bit. It's tough for me to get into a lot of the Panthers' props because I don't think it will be a competitive game. And, and for me, my favorite – spot to go at player props is when there's a deviation in the usage we don't get that panthers here and when i expect it to be a competitive game where i can look towards some overs you know looking at unders in situations that are changing looking for overs and games that may shoot out i don't think we have either of those situations here and i don't know if the texans will do enough for me to get jazzed about them so i think for me the props are more of a stay away but the team total under 16 and a half i think that's my favorite one there Jim, expectations for Justin Fields. We'll get his first start on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. You know, we've, when we, these rookie quarterbacks burst in the scene, we pay attention, right? Trevor Lawrence week one, Zach Wilson struggling, Mack Wilson is winning, uh, Mac Jones, excuse me, is winning, and now it's Justin Fields' turn with the injury to Andy Dalton. What are your expectations? So far, the running has been what we expected. The passing, we'll see how quickly he gets, uh, he gets up to speed here. What do you think Justin Fields' first start here? Yeah, I think that it's an interesting one because obviously he struggled on Sunday, but it's really different when you're getting like first team reps the entire week, which I would have to expect that he will be for this week. Like that's a different context. They're game planning around Justin Fields. 
They are letting him work with Robinson, with Mooney and Komet and all those guys in practice. And I think that is a pretty big boost for him. And this Cleveland defense, they added a lot of guys in the offseason. Obviously, Miles Garrett is a force, but I don't view them as being like a, a team that I really fear all that much. So I actually have decently high expectations for Justin Fields in this start. I do worry about the offensive line a lot, especially because they are – decently big underdogs going on the road. Like, those are two situations where a bad offensive line can be a lot more worrisome than it is overall. It's, it's worrisome to begin with, but it gets even worse in those situations. So it's a tough spot, but I think that Fields, with a full eco practice with the ones, facing a defense that I don't think we need to fear, at least as of right now. Maybe once they get, you know, full chemistry with those new guys there, maybe we'll fear them then. But as of right now, I don't fear them too much. So, like, we're talking DFS. Justin Fields, I think, is $6,500 on FanDuel. Um, mm. I don't like using quarterbacks in games at lower totals, but I, I think that this game has a shot to shoot out if Odell plays, and I will be taking some swipes at Justin Fields, trying to be ahead of things in case he does wind up being as good as I think, I think he could be. Mm. Fields' first touchdown. I think I'm going to be forced into that bet. We'll see. We'll Love see what the uh, numbers get posted. Uh, this is BetQL Daily. Our guest, Jim Sonis. A couple more minutes. Senior writer and analyst for Number Fire and FanDuel. Uh, Jim, give us a, another NFL matchup that we have not addressed that you're into. Yeah, I think that one that's interesting for me in terms of looking for potential unders, uh, I think that that Giants-Falcons game stands out there for me. It's 48.5 right now, and I know the Falcons' defense is hideous. Like, they're really bad. But... Daniel Jones, we kind of saw the good side of Daniel Jones on Thursday night with all that rushing. I just don't know if they can necessarily duplicate that. I don't have a high opinion of this Atlanta offense going to face the Giants. I think the Giants' defense will get better as the year goes along because they've got, a, a, I think, a talented defensive coordinator. They've got some good players on that side of the ball. Having a high opinion of the Giants' defense and having a low opinion of the Falcons' offense, that pushes me towards the under at 48.5. So I think that one, to me, stands out where – if you're looking to bet unders, given the frustrating number of holding calls we've seen across the league so far this year, that's kind of what I'm looking for. And I think that the Falcons-Giants game does stand out under 48.5 to me, one of the better bets this week. Jim, quickly, because you mentioned the Giants. Saquon Barkley last week had really one big run. He went over his, uh, his prop for the game. I, quickly, about 30 seconds. What are you seeing with Saquon? Because I don't see anything that makes me feel like he's about to be or close to being the player he used to be. I'm in there. I, I think that I will be in on him this week. $6,000 on FanDuel. He played a lot of snaps on Thursday. That was a four-week rest coming off an ACL. I think he'll be unleashed this week. It's a tough rush defense, but like if you're looking like a rushing plus receiving prop, that might be a good place to get Saquon. I, I think that we're going to see a lot more from him this week than we did the past two weeks. Uh, very good, Jim Sonis. Uh, Jim, on the way out, uh, Northwestern going to get a win? Ohio? Woof. No? That's all I got. That's all I got, <laughs> Joe. Woof. Like, I saw people betting them last week against Duke, and I was like, do you know how this goes? Do you know how the script goes? If you ever bet Northwestern uh-huh. against a bad team, it doesn't go well. It doesn't go well. <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah, there were some uh, Duke tickets cashed. Not here in Illinois because we can't bet on Northwestern games. <laughs> Stupid, dumb roll. Uh, at Jim Sana, senior writer and analyst, number fire and Fandle. Thank you, Jim. Looking forward to the next visit. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Good stuff there from Jim Sonis, as always. Coming up next, we'll take a look at this weekend's college football slate, which includes Notre Dame, Wisconsin, playing at Soldier Field in downtown Chicago. That's next. Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, Aaron Hawksworth. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.
These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily. Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.